The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What's up, boys? Notebook wagering. I am sitting across from the guys who just absolutely crushed week one. Obviously, everybody well week one. Uh, but, you know, we'll toot our horn a little bit. We're just excited for some college football. We went 14-3 and three overall on the show. So, well done, fellas. What's going on? I got Smitty, Maddie, and J-Cam. How are you, fellas? I'm just sitting a little higher on my wallet today. Just a little bit. Got the George. <laughs> still, still steamy and sweaty here in Western Pennsylvania, but we might get a break in weather, which is going to be good. I know Kaminsky got to get out and enjoy it today. I went to the casino, threw around a little coin just for fun, and we are already breaking down big slate week one, and we got this contest coming up with big fat winners. You guys are got to tune in, Jason. Yeah, absolutely, hit the public pool a little bit. Enjoyed the last couple of days of summer. Uh, you know, tried to get that all in because no, really in no NFL today, just the preseason. And then now it's, we start the real stuff this week with both of those leagues, you know, college football, full strength, NFL on Thursday and going forward. Yeah, we killed it this weekend. I mean, the boys were on fire. I went a little long shot. Now I'm kicking myself with the UCLA win margin back because it was a little pizza money to win a pretty good amount. Um, high odds there, which I shouldn't have posted it, but I did. So you have to eat that. But what a what a weekend by us. And I'm going to toot my own horn. If you follow my baseball plays right now, five best bets in a row and Friday through Sunday, six and one. So I'm posting these jump back on board with me. I'm really doing some great things with baseball. So let's get after it because we're killing it right now. And I can't wait for this contest. All right. You got to keep hitting Smitty's baseball plays, but uh, we're going to keep it moving in college football. All right. So highly, I, I say the highest anticipated game um, for week zero was probably Nebraska, Illinois. He had a big 10 matchup. Illinois starts slow, has a great second half. Gets a little close towards the end. Illinois wins 30 to 22. And the Scott Frost firing is on full firing squad right now, including myself. I love when he loses. I wish he would have lost by 30 more. I'm so glad my Gators didn't hire him. He is absolute garbage. He is the juice. When you're sitting in your car and you just see the dump truck in front of you and you see in a hot August steamy day, that juice leaking out, that's his winning percentage. I'm moving on. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. I don't, like, we got, we got oh, some yeah. extra issues here tonight. Let's go. UCLA pummels them. Now Zach Sarbonnet, Michigan transfer runs for three touchdowns, about 110 yards. Poopy Hawaii team. Uh, UCLA's definitely got a tougher matchup coming up, so we won't spend too much time on there. Fresno State handles UConn, which we already knew was going to happen. UConn hadn't played in two years. Um, UTEP 
you know, New Mexico State, pretty god-awful team. They handled business. San Jose State, SEC transfer Nick Starkle coming in, uh, and they throttle Southern Utah 45-14. to 14. But, Nails, you said that game just didn't seem as much of a throttle. Just touch on that for a little bit before we get into the week's games. For which game, sir? San Jose State. Well, I, I, I basically watched the whole thing. I They looked really good. Don't get me wrong, but they were totally, they totally outclassed the other team. Their D, their D line on the other team, I think, averaged like 230. And I mean, those guys just got mauled. The kid running the ball at one point was averaging over eight yards a carry, had two long runs. They did whatever they want. The quarterback, he scares me, yet at the same time, he doesn't scare me. He's, he's a gunslinger. He is not afraid to take shots downfield which is good, but I think it's going to come back to bite him in some big conference games, potentially. They made some mistakes. I mean, he had a pick six against them, and uh, they're they're up and coming, I'll say that. And I actually think they're adding on to their stadium, which shows that the program really is going in the right direction. I think they're adding a, a, a couple thousand seats there. So don't get me wrong. They, they throttled them, but that was not a good squad they played. I actually think UCLA is going to give them a uh, little shot of reality this week. I think UCLA is going to beat them by uh, about 18, but we'll get, we'll dig into that here coming up. That's USC. Yeah. USC. Yeah. All right. You guys got any want to take on that? The, the reason I brought it up is because San Jose state is pretty highly touted coming into this year uh, within respect uh, to the size program they are. So I think it's a little interesting. Um you know, obviously their team gets better when you have an SEC prospect coming in automatically at that level of football. Um, but uh, before we circle back around to the Nebraska game and kind of recap that, did you guys have anything on that? I like San Jose State. I thought that was a good dress rehearsal for them. Uh, Starkle looked pretty accurate. Again, it, like just Matt said, they didn't have much of a pass rush, but he was hitting guys in the hands. It looked pretty good. Um, the D line looked pretty good. So I think it's going to be a little more interesting, uh, with Southern Cal. I think it's a big advantage to have that game under your belt. Uh, San Jose state coming off their best season ever. They still have all that kind of momentum going into that SC game. So I actually like them with the points in that game, but, uh, we'll see how it plays out this week. Yeah. Just my thoughts really quick. I made some quick notes on all the games. I'm going to go really fast here. Nebraska again, I mean, you kind of, he was funny with Scott Frost. I love it. Martinez just, he missed too many open throws early. There was guys open in the end zone. He just missed them. And you can't make, they just make dumb mistakes like the punt and the fumble and then Illinois ran it back. And, you know, the big play in that game was the the rough in the passer when Illinois threw a pick and they intercepted. I think it was tied or even Nebraska had the lead. And I mean, it was, some people thought it was controversial. I, the guy kind of, I mean, it was a clean hit. I think he drove him a little bit. I mean, that's a question mark. And then that really turned the game a little bit, but too many missed opportunities for Nebraska and just not a, a, a clean game. And Scott Frost has done that with Nebraska since it come. I thought Fresno state looked very well um, overall. Again, started slow really put it on them. UConn's a mess. I mean, again, the heat was like we said on Saturday show, it got, it got to a lot of guys late UCLA. I'll tell you right now, boys, the quarterback better look better on Saturday. Accuracy was really bad. 
I said on the show that I thought he was going to run the ball. He didn't run the ball. Now, I called it with the running backs. The running backs ran great. Charbonnet, the old Michigan guy, was money. Brown ran very hard. Hawaii did not look like they wanted to tackle anybody in the secondary. And I'll give the – I think Jason said we were talking on, uh, on text. I'll give that quarterback credit, man. He got knocked down a lot, and he just kept getting up. That guy's a fighter. Uh, and I think they'll be they'll they'll compete, but they just it was a mess in that game, and UCLA put it on them. But I'll tell you what, Thompson. We'll get into it. Thompson better throw the ball better. Um, watched a little bit of the San Jose game, and again, Matt said it pretty well. It, they were just overmatched. So it was great to have college football back. It was great to have fans in the stands. But let's you know let's move on here. I do want to give one quick shout out. UTEP Miners. Oh, UTEP. Sorry. Way to go. Great, Sorry. great, great start for the boys at Notebook Wagering riding on the Miners this weekend. Can I just say, how did I forget that? Because teaser play of the day, UCLA Fresno State, money to chain. And then Cinemax, late night play through the lines was UTEP, and we were all on it. Jason was on it. Myself was on it. Matt was on it. Thank you so much, UTEP. And I love on the Twitter people putting that uh what movie was that the model movie with uh ben stiller zoolander zoolander that was that made my night last night so thank you for the guy that we had the conversation with last night late loved it all right let's move forward to uh, before we get into games they start thursday uh all the way through monday labor day weekend but uh we haven't done a show uh, since they announced the new alliance between the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten. Um, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, fellas. What's your thoughts? I personally think it's a sham. I don't think it means anything. Uh, and I think it's ironic that the day after this quote-unquote alliance is formed, was it LSU and USC scheduled a, uh opening kickoff season game? Yes. Yeah, how ironic. Oh, we're not going to schedule against the SEC, but, hey, we get this 2024 game out of the way. This is going to be huge for the Pac-12. Let's go ahead and sign that contract with the LSU Tigers. What do you guys got? Kevin Warren was really frustrating last year with the Big Ten and all the shenanigans they pulled with the scheduling. And, you know, for him to be the face of this alliance is not going to get it anywhere. He loves to be out in front of the mics, and he just says a lot of empty stuff all the time. Um there's, there's nothing they can really do. I mean, if they do schedule with each other, then you have collusion practices with the SEC, you can sue them. Uh, I mean, I understand they're trying to take a stance against the SEC to say, hey, you can't just create your super conference without input from us. But I don't know how far they can really get with that. Um, you know, it's just a whole new world here in college football with NIL and everything else going on. It's going to be interesting to see um, how long this all lasts the way it is. But, I mean, it, it was really an empty gesture to kind of just say that we're kind of sick of you building your empire down there in the South. I actually don't have anything to say on that. I, I, I just think it's a big uh, smoke screen for now. It's just something to talk about. And I don't think it'll actually go through. And if it does, good for them, in my opinion. They're, they're, they're still behind the SEC. I, I, I frankly don't give two Fs. I'm going to piggyback Matt there. I really don't care. I think it's boring. It kind of, it kind of goes back to my last, the last show when I said TCU bores me, this bores me too. I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Go Horn Frogs. 
Go Horn Frogs. Send me T-shirts, people. I'll end it on this note. Like I said, I just wanted your opinion just because, you know, it was a pretty big uh, topic in college. Uh, but I was listening to the J-Boy show. Shout out to that guy. Uh, they just signed with Volume Sports of Colin Cowherd's new platform. So congratulations to him. But Money. Th- Money. Um, the Alliance reminded him of like an emotional decision. And, and I think he said at best emotional decisions typically do not end well. And I think that's what we're going to see here. And I thought that was a spot on analogy for that. One interesting thing that everybody kind of missed or glazed over was the ACC kind of jumped ship on television networks with the Alliance. Now that's interesting to watch. Now that Fox and Pac-12 or, or sorry, Big Ten and Pac-12 have been Fox networks from the get-go. ACC is an ESPN network. For them to align with the two Fox uh, conferences is a little bit interesting because the SEC is tied in with ESPN pretty tightly. Um, so there might be some friction there. That's really the only interesting thing that came out of this is that basically you're going to have a, a television network war rather than a college football war. Well, the ACC has their own network uh, uh, along uh, ESPN, um, and then Big 12 is still tied into Fox 2, so it's yeah. interesting to see if they get the boot. Yeah, you basically do have Fox versus ESPN kind of being played out here. Yeah. All right, boys, let's uh, let's get right into this. You know, we don't want to keep the shows too long. I know the previews were long, so we thank you for uh, bearing with us. Uh, but I promise you we gave you solid information for the entire season. Uh, the first big game of the year, I would say, is going to be Thursday at 8 o'clock uh, on Fox. You have Ohio State laying 13 and a half. I believe they are on the road at Minnesota. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. So I would say now Minnesota's not ranked. Uh, obviously, they had a tough season last year. They returned Tanner Morgan, Ibrahim, um, solid running back, probably one of the best in the country. And then obviously, PJ Fleck is a great coach. Ohio State's coming in with a new quarterback, uh, Stroud. Now, obviously, they have a they have uh, Travion Henderson, who is highly touted freshman. They have Master Teague, um, and one of the best offensive lines um, in the country as well as defensive front sevens a little weak on the uh, cornerbacks, but it's an interesting game. I know Matt, I mean, uh, Jason, you were, you know, through conversations, you know, uh, initially you were uh, liking Minnesota. Uh, What's your guys thoughts there? I'll let Jason start. Yeah, no, I, uh, I like it's basically what you factor in with these games. Minnesota has all the pieces that Ohio state doesn't. Granted, Ohio State has a lot better pieces, but they've got the experienced quarterback coming back. Um, they get a bunch of guys back from COVID breaks from last year. It's going to be a big physical team. Ohio State, like as we saw with all of kind of the super teams in college football, lost a lot of starters. They've got a brand new quarterback who I believe has never thrown a pass uh, as a Buckeye. So, I mean, it's it's not a situation where I don't think Ohio State is going to win, but I just think that I got it at 14 and a half. I grabbed it Saturday because I, I expected some action to push it down. Um, just a lot of points to go on the road first game overall when you have a bunch of guys who haven't played a whole lot. Granted, as good as they are, uh, I just see Minnesota hanging tough. Plus, you know, P.J. Flex had a whole offseason to play for this game, and he understands the value of it. There's any, He's definitely in that group of coaches that understands the PR value of playing Ohio State close. I'm the other way. I'm, I'm contrarian here. I think this is an easy Buckeye win. I'll probably grab it if it keeps going down even better. I'm, I'm keeping on. I think it's 13 and a half right now. Ohio state has the best ranked 
wide receiver group in all the country. The freshman quarterback at base or the the rookie quarterback. I mean, just pencil these guys in every year at Ohio State. One just comes in and dominates and dominates and dominates. They can run three running backs at you. Minnesota's defense last year was putrid. Actually, I'll probably double bet this. I'm probably going to bet Ohio State, given the points, and I'm probably going to look game over total as well. You know, I think the thing with this weekend coming up is home teams. Can they hang early? And why I'm saying that is because of the crowd. These teams did not see the crowd last year. And I think these environments and these student students are going to really want to crank it out and have a good time and maybe party a little bit in the crowd and make a loud noises and uh, could be tough early. I think Minnesota would not be a bad first half play. I kind of agree with Matt. I, I, and I like Minnesota. I like PJ Fleck. But I think if you really break this game down, Master Teague, Henderson, the running back, the freshman running back coming in, and I'm not too nervous with the quarterback that, you know, you can say, oh, he hasn't played. Matt said it really well. They have the number one, number two. I think they're going to be too talented. And Ohio State, what do they do? They run a lot of runs. They throw real quick throws. It's not like this guy's going to throw the ball down, maybe down. I mean, he's going to probably hit some down the field throws. I'm not trying to say that. But if, if I'm playing Minnesota, I'm probably playing a first quarter, a first half. I think Ohio State late in the game puts it on them and they cover the spread, but probably a pass for me. But that's my thoughts on the game. Yeah, just to echo what Smitty and Matt said, I, I'm kind of with them. I think Smitty's kind of on. I think the crowd will be pumped up in a first half. I think Minnesota can hang. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, um, even though Ohio State's on the road, it's a primetime game and they are a primetime team. I think in the second half, Ryan Day gets those guys, uh, you know, their legs under them uh, after a first half of snaps. They just really start to get in sync. And I think you could see them start to pull away and cover that spread. Um, I don't see it being a 21 plus point uh, win. I, I could see that being a 35, 21 or a uh, like 41, 20 style game. Uh, but, you know, first half's definitely close. Second half is a pull away. Um all right, moving on. So for Friday, I'm looking at the schedule. The big game is going to be on ESPN, 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's kind of a weird start on a Friday, to be honest. Um, you have Virginia Tech hosting North Carolina. North Carolina laying five and a half. North Carolina loses a ton of talent. Uh, top two running backs last year, uh, one of their best defensive linebackers. Uh, I believe they lost their top receiver as well. Um, a little fishy line, minus five and a half for the number 10 team in the country going on the road to a, in my opinion, a lackluster Virginia Tech team. I think Justin Fuente is on the hot seat. They don't have anybody. Their quarterback situation, they they went through three or four quarterbacks last year. Um, a couple of them transferred. The guy they're settling in with now, he had uh, a couple starts at the end of the game. He, he didn't look terrible, but North Carolina, I think offensively, is just too much for Virginia Tech to match. Um, I think the pressure of Fuente is really going to get to him. I think he's going to be fired by the end of the year, uh, and they're going to start fresh. I actually really like, uh, after talking with Matt, I really like North Carolina to cover this. I think the line is fishy, but I think we're overthinking it if you are even leaning Virginia Tech. So 
I got this from a very valid Vegas bookmaker. When they first set these lines at five or five and a half, word of mouth is they're waiting to see which way the public goes. They really don't know how the public's going to go. So this to me is basically North Carolina minus seven. I think they actually cover that. I think they run Fuente out. I think the hype train for North Carolina takes off early and the Sam Howell Heisman hype goes full bore out of the gate. I don't think he's going to win it this year, but I think that, I think they just beat the tar out of Virginia tech on the opening weekend. I, I think this is North Carolina's only shot right now. Is, this team is the only one that can possibly get knocked Clemson off in that league or North Carolina state. Cause we are fans of them, but we'll see. I'm riding North Carolina in this one there. You guys aren't going to talk me off it. Not even Smitty in a teaser or anything can talk me off it. I'm going to lock this in and hopefully I'd like to get it a minus five in the next day or two, but yeah, look, North Carolina. I, you know, I, I really don't have an opinion on this game. Uh, North Carolina's concerns me because this was really in their kind of resurgence under Mac Brown, the first year where they lost a lot of guys. Um, sometimes programs kind of tread water a little bit when that happens. Virginia Tech, this is make or break for me for Fuente. Um, he needs to come out and kind of land a knockout punch here because they're basically – the Sarks are circling around him uh, in Blacksburg. So I think this is like – I think we called it in the uh, the podcast preview that this is the pusher chips in the middle of the table game for Vatek. So I expect them to throw everything at North Carolina that they can. Um, but I'm going to put my money on it either way. This goes back to what I just said about the Minnesota game. I think this – and we said it on the preview show – this is enter Sandman, play it as much as you can, get the place crazy. Those fans are going to go nuts. If And I'm going to say both games, what we just said. If the home team can get some momentum, it could be scary both mm-hmm. ways. But the thing is, I, I don't know if this can be a personal play by me. Putting out on Twitter, I like UNC. I think both these games, I'm going to go right. It's it's going to sound like a broken record. I think UNC, again, Matt said it extremely well. This is the Heisman play. Get him some numbers. I think he's going to put numbers up. I think, I think by the end, they cover the spread. I'd probably go UNC on this one. And I think it's going to be high scoring. I think they'll both score, but I think UNC is going to score a little bit more. And they're probably late in the game to cover it. Yeah, this game was in Chapel Hill last year. It was 56-45 North Carolina. So neither defense did anything to stop the other one. Hey, that would have covered, though. <laughs> Cover's a cover, cover, right, boys? They did, they did cover. Cover's a cover. They may have covered twice. All right. This, three times. I don't know how big of a game this is, but I'll just we'll just do a 30-second. Uh, coverage of it. It is two top 25 teams. Texas is hosting Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Texas minus seven and a half right now. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian's first game uh, in Austin. You know, being that it's a top 25 team, we got to spend 30 seconds on it. Uh, I, I think Texas will win this game. I I don't know if they're cover, you know, the minus eight. It, it, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, they could just beat the brakes off of them, but this would definitely be a teaser team. If you can get Texas down to under three, I think it's an absolute lock. 
I like Texas at home. I, I this will be a no play for me, but I see about a ten point Texas win. Yeah, I already grabbed uh, the Raging Cages plus eight and a half. Um, my only concern now is just how displaced they are with the hurricane. But, you know, I just kind of – the reason I like the Louisiana in this is that they're kind of setting their systems, a lot of consistency year in, year out with them. Uh, Texas is kind of putting all new stuff in, brand-new quarterback, uh, clearly the more talented team. But I just don't – I think the first game there might be some uh, hiccups, and I think Louisiana can at least cover. Yeah, you know, I, what I said on Saturday, I'm going to do one teaser play of the day. And right now I'm starting to mark those down for everybody, which I'm one to know. And a lot of people say don't play teasers in college. But I guess what? I'm going to go against the norm because I like going against the norm and I go, like going against people. I like this game in a teaser. I like taking Texas down maybe. So I'm eyeing this game. I will post it if I like it. But I like Texas. I think Texas covers in this game. I'm going to interrupt real quick. We uh, we got off our trend. We have a trend. We're going to touch on it every week. The Sunflower State, Kansas Jayhawks, host <laughs> South Dakota. No, no one gives a rat crap about this game. Moving on. <laughs> I like it. Real quick. Just who, yeah. who do you have? Rapid fire. We'll do it Saturday. Kansas hate out of nowhere. What was that? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. He's bitter. Kansas football. <laughs> He's bitter about something, but hey, we'll rapid fire it on Saturday. So, hey, my over two uh, future. There's no, win number one, so I'm looking pretty solid today, boys. Nice. All right, moving on. You have number twelve Wisconsin at noon hosting Penn State. Huge Big Ten game on Fox. Wisconsin currently laying four and a half. I'm just gonna keep it simple. I think Graham Mertz um, is a real deal for Wisconsin football. I think he's probably one of the biggest quarterbacks they've had in a while. I think their running game gets back on track this year as it struggled last year, especially with COVID. Uh, practicing was uh, hit or miss for them. A lot of backups played last year due to COVID, so I think that helps them. And I'm just not high on Penn State. I think Clifford's regressed the last two years. They lose uh, their top tight end last year as well as their top guy defensively and possibly on the entire team. Um, I'm not impressed with their running backs personally. Uh, I think they're speedy, uh, but they tend to get injured in my opinion. Um, I, I like Wisconsin at home. You know that stadium's going to be pumping. I believe they played the song Jump to start the fourth quarter. I mean, that stadium's going to be shaking. Um, yeah, just give me uh, Wisconsin minus four and a half. And, and I'll, I'll say that on Saturday's show as well. That that song would actually be Jump Around by the only, the one and only House of Pain, which yeah. they're, they're going to bring on Penn State. So I actually think Graham Mertz is their best quarterback since Russell Wilson. Four junior or senior offensive linemen, just penciling whatever running back it is. It looks like it's Jalen Berger. Pencil him in for 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns like every other running back. I think Penn State's just not enough out of the gate. I think Penn State will rebound and be fine. I think Penn State's probably an 8-9 win team by end of the year. I missed the Big Ten show, but my pick – I actually have a future on Wisconsin to win the entire Big Ten, not just the West, but give me all. Give me all the Big Ten, all Wisconsin action. Well, as a Penn State alum, this pains me, but I, I did grab Wisconsin minus four and a half on Saturday. I see the line's already at, at minus six. Uh, the biggest concern with Penn State, you look at the, uh, the linebacker unit's great. The secondary should be better. I think it's going to be a little faster than it was last year, but the defensive line, they lost a lot. More NFL draft choices off to the NFL. Really only one returning starter in P.J. Mustafer. 
and they're just not big up front. And that offensive Wisconsin offensive line has pushed them around in the past. Um, you know, I just think with the brand new offensive system they brought in with Mike Yurich, it's, it's just a lot of things to get settled when you're playing a really good opponent on the road. Probably just a little too much to figure out this week for the Nittany Lions. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're a bad team, but I just think that uh, too much to ask of them first week against in Madison. But it goes, it's going to go back to the crowd. I mean, that, that place is, you talk about Minnesota's going to be pumped. That, I mean, come on now, Wisconsin's fans jump, jump. I like that. I think that was the pointer sisters. <laughs> I think if we just do the song jump, that's the pointer sisters. I love it, but jump around that place can be nuts. I, you know, and the thing about Penn state, it's what can Clifford do? Is it going to be Clifford a couple years ago that was really good and you were looking at him like, man, maybe a Heisman person to last year that he wasn't even playing a lot? I, I just I don't see Penn State being able to hang here. This could be a little bit. I think they'll jump on him and they'll be OK to cover in this. And again, Penn State fans are going to bash me because I know there's a lot that listens to the show. They have the number one recruiting class right now going into next year. So we'll see what happens there. But give me the Badgers they are going to pound Penn State on Saturday. All right. We have two 3.30 games that are uh, worth talking about, so I'll give you the first one, um, and then I'll give you the better one. So the first one at 3.30, number 18, Iowa, is hosting number 17, Indiana. Iowa is laying currently minus 3.5. Is that what you have, Jason, or did we say it was down to 2.5? I've seen two and a half and three, depending on which book you're looking at right okay. now. So you're covering that field goal lay right there. Uh, this game's actually very intriguing for me. I'm actually not going to play it. I know Smitty's uh, pretty high on it, uh, so we'll see if it shows up on his card Saturday. But I'm just very curious about Indiana's quarterback. So he blows his knee out last year. I mean, they were electric with him. Is he going to have that same electricity? Is he going to be able to have that bounce and that cut ability, or is it going to be in his head? especially game one against a tough defense in a tough environment. I'm going to sit back and watch this one. I really don't have a read. I, I think he can cause problems for Iowa if he shows what he did pre-knee injury last year. Uh, but if he has any second guessing on that or any hesitancy, I think Iowa can swallow him up, and it's going to be a long day for Indiana. it would be a good game to watch, though. I agree. I don't think Penix is ready. Um, I, this is a, I think this is actually a perfect game for Iowa to start out with, with them going against Indiana without a healthy Penix. This is a typical Kirk Ferentz, grind it out, wear them down, the big O lineman at home. I, I'd probably look an under on this play. I don't think I'll touch it at least for now, but yeah, I'll, I would probably ride with Iowa. Yeah, this is a no play for me. I don't know what we're going to see on Saturday in this game. Um, you know, both teams have returning quarterbacks. They kind of lost some skill talent. Actually, Indiana probably has a better skill talent in this matchup. Um, they don't haven't played a lot. This is the only the second matchup in a lot in five years, so they're not really familiar with each other. I just Indiana was really lucky last year, and I don't know if the luck runs out this weekend. Um, they've been decent as a road dog. Uh, under Allen, so they could be feisty here. I just don't know what to say. Iowa, you know, people point to their lines, but that's probably the two positions, the offensive line, defensive line, that ha they have the most uh, change in from year over year. So uh, it's I think it's a coin flip game, so I'm going to avoid it. Yeah, I've been on this game, and I said it, I think, on the Big Ten preview show. Uh, you know, and I like Indiana. I like the coach. 
very fiery guy. I like the quarterback. I, I, offensive line scares me. I don't know if the offense line is going to be okay. A lot of hits last year, and he was hurt. Coming back, is he there? I'm not sure. I mean, this could be – you could sit back on this game and go, I want to see what happens on both these. I'm this, this is, I have about seven games right now public that I'm ready to fire on. And I don't know if my card's going to be that big. It might be that big. If I feel that good, I'm going to throw it out there. This game, I like Iowa. I think Iowa wins and I think they might win by double digits. Wow. Wow. That's a statement there. Uh, It'll definitely be a game that I will be tuning into. That's for sure. All right. So the, probably the second biggest game of the entire day, uh, in the entire week is number one, Alabama in a neutral home uh, game, essentially a home game uh, playing number 14, Miami, Alabama. The line started out at like 13 and a half. It's up to 18 and a half and 19, depending on what books you have. And I really wished a week and a half, two weeks ago, I would have jumped on Bama minus 13 and a half. Cause I think that would have been an easy cover. Obviously, the big question mark here is De'Aaron King, again, coming off a pretty gruesome knee injury. Again, is he going to be like Penix? Is he going to be ready? Is he going to be hesitant? You know, he's facing a high-flying defense who I think is going to be one of the best in in college football this year, um, ran by Will Anderson. He's the the X factor. I mean, if he can can use his legs to create some plays and extend some plays uh, with with his feet as well as his arm – you know, as a top tier wide receiver going up against a top tier defensive back, it's really hard to cover somebody for four to five seconds. So if he can keep those plays alive, I think it can uh, keep them in the game in the first half. But ultimately, I think Alabama is going to win by, and I'll say right now, 21. I, I just, I'm not sold on Miami. I think they're a little higher ranked. I think they're riding the De'Ara King hype train. And I think they're going to come down to reality here real quick. I agree with you. I, um, I probably will not bet this, but no. I think, I think Bama, I think Bama wins this. I think they win this easily. I think they just have too much offensive talent again. Miami might stick with them early just because the, the quarterback's got to get his feet. I mean, I mean, it's his first go at it. Give him a little bit of time. This this might be a look under for the first half under, but I think I think uh, Bama covers your your twenty one sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I think the thing that you know Miami brings back a lot of the offense, but unfortunately they brought back the offensive line who really struggled last year. Thirty sacks allowed during the season that is never a great recipe when you're playing Alabama. Um, it's up to basically how great can Derek King be for a half in this to me. I think if you're like you said, I think you're going to play this game. You take Miami with the points in the first half. Otherwise, you just take Alabama um, overall for the game. They're just going to wear them down with depth. Um, the only thing they may get out to a sluggish start with the offense just because the quarterback's a little unfamiliar. Miami's got some guys and they've got some speed. I mean, but they lost their two best defensive ends. And they're bringing some new guys in this year. So, yeah, I think this is. This isn't quite the matchup that it's made out to be with the rankings. I think Miami will probably fall back a little this year, and uh, Alabama will roll. Well, again, it goes back to an injury of a quarterback. What What's he have? And we're going to have to see. This is one of these games that <laughs> I just – I said I'm going to play the Iowa where you guys were saying you're going to sit back on the Indiana because you want to see the quarterback injury. This one, it's, it's the same thing with me on this. I'm going to sit back and um, – enjoy this game and watch. Um, 
I think Alabama is going to wear them down. There's just way too much talent. And I, again, we said on the preview show, I'm not a Manny Diaz fan. I don't think he's a great coach. Uh, I think my, I think Miami, they have, they've run in some better talent, but Alabama is just Alabama could be a first half play. If you want to really look at it, but, and if you have not watched on Twitter, Look up the the guy that did the rap today of the Miami the the Miami diss on to Alabama. It's very comical. So if you have not get on Barstool, look that up. It's really funny. Watch that video. You'll have a good laugh out of it. All right, moving on to the number one game of the year. It's going to be in Charlottesville. UBA is playing William and Mary. I do not have a line. <laughs> ah, a little shout out. Oh, Q's such a good host. <laughs> you don't know what he's gonna do. He uh, he'll have that. It's on ESPN three. It'll be on. Did you did? Days. Can I just cut you off? Did you? Yeah. Did your father-in-law throw you about fifty bucks to throw that game in? No, I got to give him a shout out. He's got a great basement. Smitty's seen it. He uh, oh. he, he goes, this is a great basement. Can I just come over or maybe? I, move? <laughs> I might. Hey, I might sleep over. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And I probably have a great time talking to your father-in-law, just hanging down there watching uh, Cinemax through the line and watching a late-night football game too. So there we go. Absolutely. All right. Joking aside, best game of the night. We have number three Clemson hosting number five Georgia on ABC at seven thirty. Right now, the the minus three over under is fifty-one and a half. I'm not going to have a game or a bet on this game. I really want to sit back and enjoy it just as a college football fan because, I mean, this is watching, in my opinion, for week one uh, right out of the gate. I mean, this is a Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier fight. Just two powerhouses who were competing for the national title this year uh, who both have a very good shot at getting there. Uh, so you have DJ Uyunglele. That's two shows in a row, Jason. I got that right. That was tremendous. Uh, he is. <laughs> this is his first start, you know, with him taking the reins from Trevor Lawrence. And then you have JT Daniels. Um, it's his first year taking the reins at Georgia. Uh, obviously, Georgia had a major injury with Pickens, their best wide receiver, uh, who was a f- probably going to be a first-round draft pick uh, and still might be if he can get on the field late in the season. Uh, Justin Ross is probably, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in this game, and he's on Clemson's side. Two great defensive teams. You got Will Muschamp on the Georgia side, um, helping with the defensive plays. And then, geez, uh, oh, Venables for Clemson, uh, one of the all-time greats up there with guys like Bud Foster and, and several others. If I had to put a gun to my head and make this play, you know, obviously I'm a Florida fan, so I hate Georgia. I, I do think Georgia's going to be in this game. Uh, until the maybe two, three minute mark of the game. But I, I just think Clemson at home in Death Valley. Um, I think it's, it's in Atlanta, just, isn't it? Charlotte. 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 Okay. It, it's a home game for Clemson, um, in my opinion, because they are essentially on the top most part uh, of South Carolina. So they're pretty close to Charlotte. Um, I, I just think Clemson pulls away late. I could see this being a three to seven point game. It's definitely not going to be a blowout though. You, I'm with you. I probably will not bet this. Um, I, I, I like you want to sit back and enjoy. This is what we've been waiting 240 days for a game like this out of the gate. Great teams matched up early. I applaud them for both taking this game because it's, it could be detrimental to them. Bad. 
coming out of the gate. They both can rebound though. So at least we're not guaranteed a tie. It, like you said, if I had to make a bet on this, I'm actually going to lean Clemson and it's not because of their offense. I think uh, the QB is going to take a little bit to get going. I am not sold on Georgia like Smitty is. Uh, I think Clemson, like you said, basically playing a home game with a really good defense this year can hold off Georgia. I think they probably win by about eight. I think the biggest question is Georgia, can they get a pass rush on Clemson? Um, and can they throw the ball when they're on offense? Like if you look at the teams that gave Clemson trouble last year, it was teams that actually threw the ball down the field. Um, you know, BC was able to hang with them a little bit because they threw the ball. Uh, I think Wake was actually in the game for a quarter because they threw the ball. And then Ohio State kind of picked them apart deep, and they actually did both. They ran the ball and passed the ball. You know, Georgia has not shown the capability to have a very effective passing offense for the last couple of years here. Um, JT Daniels played well at the end of the year. Um, they, they're, you know, they have everything else. If they can run the football, Georgia will win this game, but it's really hard to run the football against Clemson. I took Georgia plus a three and a half because I think the half is going to come in. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be kind of low scoring and ugly. Um, so I'm taking Georgia with the points, but I'm not sure if they're going to be the winner. Well, you know, this game, am I going to put it out on Twitter as a play of Smitty? I'm not sure. Am I going to play it? Absolutely. I, I've said it on the show. I had, and I, I put it out. I'm updating my games and my, my thoughts of the futures here. I got JT Daniels. I added Michigan yesterday over seven and a half. Keep, keep an eye on Smitty's Twitter here on notebook wagering with his uh, updated uh, futures. I, I love JT Daniels and I, you know, Jake Fromm, I just heard that Jake Fromm came out and said, I think it was Jake Fromm or Murray. I can't remember. One of the old quarterbacks said Georgia eh, wasn't very impressed what they're doing. And that's fine. I, and I might look like a smart person, but I might look like a dumb person here week one. And that's fine. And that's going to happen. I like Georgia. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay with my Georgia. I just ordered the t-shirt on home apparel tonight. I got between the hedges coming to me. Hopefully by next Saturday, I'm going to have it on. I'm taking the Bulldogs to beat Clemson money line spread. Take Bulldogs. They're going to up. They're going to upset uh, Clemson. And that's, I'm sticking with it, man. Let's go. Let's get ready. I'm pumped for that game. I'm going to be excited. And JT, JT Daniels throws three picks. Then I'm going to say, hey, delete all these shows and you don't know anything about me. So, <laughs> hey, ride or die or delete. Hey, you got to ride and die. Yeah, absolutely. I'm rolling with them, man. I like Georgia. You know, the coach, smart kind of eh, a little bit, but I like JT Daniels. And, and I don't want to say, and I've said this, and I don't want to come out like this. I think I said it with the Oklahoma. I'm just not trying to throw teams out there to be different from Clemson. Alabama, maybe Ohio State. I really think, and it is a concern to me that they don't have Pickens there. Do they have the playmakers? I don't know if they do. I do think they have the running backs, and I think JT Daniels is an okay quarterback that is smart with the ball, that can make good decisions. And I think their defense will fly around a little bit. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, and I'm excited to watch it. But I'm going to, like I said, go Georgia, go Bulldogs. I'm all on you. Well, I know. So the, Georgia has good running backs. What's the Zabari? Uh, help White. me out here. White. Zabari, their lead back. Um, but 
Clemson has probably two of the top defensive linemen in the country. And forgive me for not knowing their names, but they're going to be probably easily first top 15 uh, round, uh, top 15 overall picks um, in the next year's draft. Can I, can I, can I interject real quick, Q? Yeah. I'm just, are we sold on Clemson's defense? Yes. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I, I just, they play the, you know, who, who do they play? And this is the whole thing with the whole thing. If Clemson wins this game and they win, let's say they beat Georgia by 10, who are they losing to? Then lock them in. I mean, if there's no major injury, then lock them in because they're not losing. I mean, we've said I on the preview show, I wasn't, you know, could they go? I, I don't, I can't remember the pick because I'm high on pit. I think BC goes there and I'm high on BC and, and Jason, Jason's better at this than me off his top of his head where they're going here. But if they win this game, where, where's the loss? I, I don't see it, but I'm not sold on their, their deep. Eh. I think they can get picked apart a little bit. I think they can get picked apart. I love the defensive coordinator. I think he's an okay coach. I think he, I'm shocked. He hasn't taken a job somewhere else, but you can see he likes it, but I, they do have talent. They do have talent. Yeah, One. No, at NC State, September 25th, and at Hit October 23rd are literally the two best chances they have of losing okay. a game. And they'll probably be double-digit favorites in both of those. So, yeah, no, Clemson wins this. You can pretty much book their tickets uh, to one of the, the uh, semifinal bowls because there's not much in their way. Um, so they kind of need this game, though, too, because there's not a way to get back into it. Like, if they lose this game by more double digits, you know, that's going to probably put them as the fifth team out of the four just because there is nobody else unless somebody gets really, really hot in the ACC to give them a decent opponent in the ACC championship. There's just nobody on the schedule for them to kind of make up ground with. Georgia's got a little bit easier, I think, because, you know, they're going to play the SEC schedule. So if they lose this one, especially respectably, they're just in the mix. It's it's not going to be really be a factor. It's more of a referendum on Smart who I think people are starting to get a little frustrated with because he's probably a little too conservative on offense, probably even a little too conservative on defense, frankly. They're loaded talent-wise. He's recruited really, really well there. They need to start turning it into um, bigger games. They, I think they've only been to the playoff one time, and they lost a shootout to um, Oklahoma out in the Rose Bowl. So, you know, those fans are getting impatient. So if they lose in this game. You know, Charlotte's fairly close to Georgia, too. It's not that far away. So there's going to probably be a big Georgia contingent there. They're going to be pretty frustrated if they lose this game because they have, they're they more than capable of winning it talent-wise. Now, play-wise, we'll see. Smitty, so Clemson's defense, uh, all D-line returning starters back, that had 46 sacks, bound to even go up from that. They have their top tackler back, fifth tackler, sixth tackler, a potential All-American safety, and all – Four to five starting corners are still there as well. But again, in the ACC. It's okay. Yeah. For that, and I, the one answer question, Venables isn't going to leave because he's getting paid $3 million a year to be. Oh, he's not going to leave. No, absolutely. Some coaches aren't even making that as a head coach. Two, while you are correct, they don't really play anybody. They have an easy path. And, and to, to bounce that off of Jay Cam's point, even if they lose this game, they're going to run the table in ACC, and I think they have a decent shot at getting in even at five because if Georgia wins, they can still – I mean, Florida's a tough game just because it's a huge rivalry. They could lose that. And it, <laughs> ah, got to throw that in. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> and and Clemson has the best hype man in the country and Dabo to get his team into the playoff. Listen, I know Smitty gives me a joke, but it is a game that they potentially lose. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they have more opportunities to lose than Clemson does. Clemson only has one game, in my opinion, that they can lose, and it's this game. So if they if Florida somehow beats them this year, which I think they will, Smitty can laugh at me. Um, they can also pick up a second loss at Alabama and they're done in the SEC championship. So they, in my opinion, it's more of a, uh, a do or die for Georgia than it is Clemson because Clemson's just going to streamline in and win 11 or 12 straight. Um, to touch on the defensive side that Smitty had brought up, you know, not, not really trusting him. They got embarrassed in the uh, semifinals last year. And I, and I think that's going to stick with them. You know, Brent Venables essentially returned the this, this same defensive. And, and you can't tell me that he's not going to sit there when they're getting dressed and things like that and just randomly start showing Ohio State, torching them on the back end uh, for 30, 40-yard touchdown passes. Absolutely, he's going to hammer those guys for that. And I think that's the difference this year, and their defense is going to lock down this year. Mic drop. No, there's, there's no question. I think actually Clemson's probably a little too loyal to those guys. They probably have guys who are probably a little better behind them. Like, you know, Skalski's in there in his fifth season, I think, and Nolan Turner, I think, is another guy. It's been there for five straight years. You know, those were the guys who kind of were getting picked on in that semifinal. So it'll be interesting to see what they show here. Because um, Skalski's definitely going to have an agenda after getting thrown out of the semifinal game for that kind of controversial oh. spearing penalty. Um yeah. But Turner got exposed, and he got really kind of – but I don't think Georgia has a passing game to take advantage. They haven't shown it, at least, right? They have the athletes, but I don't know if they have the scheme. Um, and I think people have a pretty good read on how to attack Clemson. They just can't do it because the D-line is so good. And the D-line – two guys you mentioned that uh, Davis and Breezy are the two guys who are yeah. going to be uh, top 10 NFL guys probably. Um, that That's what concerns me. I mean, I took it – like I said, I think it's going to be a close game just because – um, I think both offenses are going to struggle a little. Both defenses are good because Georgia's just as loaded. And we talk about the Clemson defensive line, but Georgia has the second best offensive line in the SEC. So they've got the guys who can are capable of handling it uh, as well as anybody, at least. Um, that should be a good game. It's nice to have something like this cool uh, the first weekend of the season. They should always do this. I think, uh, I, I think again, I'm going to go with, like you just said, their offensive line and – it's an ACC team against an SEC team. And, you know, I, I'm not one of these people. I'm not going to sit here and say the SEC dominates everything, but they slightly do a little bit. But I think – and I like JT Daniels. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over. Now, when he throws three picks, everybody can make fun of me on this, and you guys can text me all night, and I'll, I'll have a blast doing it too. I just think he's going to control the ball. I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> And I think they have enough – their defense will make enough plays. And I think they have enough weapons to hang in that game. I think it's a great game. I, I agree with you guys. I'm excited for it. I hope it goes well. I mean, I don't want to look like a fool. And I've been backing it for weeks. But I'm going to stick with it. Take Georgia. Take the money line. Take the points. I don't know if – it's not It's not on my card. I'm not going to give it out. It's going to be probably a side bet if I play it. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, all, I'm high on Georgia this year, so – I'll All say right. this. If I have a good day, I'm going to bump Clemson's total up to cover and, and see if I can end up on a great day. All right. Stay wow. tuned. Day on Saturday. All right. Let's go to the third best game of the slate and the last best game 
of the night. At 8.30 on Fox, you have UCLA, who just pummeled Hawaii in week zero, hosting number 16 LSU. Now, a couple interesting points. So I just mentioned UCLA pummeled Hawaii uh, at week zero. So they've gotten to play a game. It was at home. They had an abysmal crowd. It's absolutely embarrassing to not have fans last year. And then you have fans this year, and the stadium still looks the same. I mean, I, it looked like you were going to a high school JV game on a Tuesday night. Absolutely pitiful. So shame on you if you're a UCLA fan. You're a disgrace to fandom in college football. But another point is, you just had that hurricane, hurricane just hit Baton Rouge. LSU reported they were heading to Houston. So while Houston's not far from there, only about two, two-and-a-half-hour drive, it's them not being in their home environment. It's them having to be on a road, you know, all the way through the week heading in. Then they have to travel to L.A. So not only are you on the road to practice, but then you have to get back on a bus or a plane or however they get there, and you have to travel to L.A. and play a team that has already played a game. Uh, it's up to four-and-a-half right now, uh, UCLA uh, plus four-and-a-half. <sighs> That hurricane, man, that really threw a wrench in their plans, in my opinion. You know, they Max Johnson starting his first big game. You know, you would hope UCLA fans show up for this. Um, that really could be a factor. I say the, that, those two. Um, I don't have a play on it, but I think it's going to be a closer game now. I think that hurricane's going to throw a wrench in their plans, to be honest. I'm going to spin this a little differently. So – some of these people from Louisiana might be displaced. This crazy fan base may already be driving to Los Angeles for the game. They might outnumber the UCLA fans there this weekend. Absolutely. It'll be a no play for me as of now. And here's why. So as big as UCLA won and as good as we think they looked, I think Hawaii looked that bad to Agreed. make UCLA look even better. Agreed. I need a little more. It'll probably be a don't play for me. I might look at the over. I actually think Chip may try to speed this up as fast as he can, like old school days, and see if he can catch LSU completely off guard. Maybe winded, like you said, Q, because they're coming from, they're going to be driving to Houston, and then they got to fly out there. So they might just be wore down a little bit. I might see if Chip tries to speed him up that first quarter. I might look at the over for the game, but I'll probably not touch this one. When you say men, when you say wore down, real quick, boys, and I'll let you go. I would say more mentally worn down than physically. LSU. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to be fresh, but I mean, they, they might just come in there and throw the every the the proverbial kitchen sink at these guys and just see, hey, can we can we catch them off guard? Are they really prepared? Have they broke us down? This and that. I mean, they didn't show much against Hawaii. He could come out with a whole new wrinkle. Well, I mean, it, what happens if their homes get destroyed? You know what I mean? Their families on their minds. So yeah. it's tough. That too. You boys go. I've taken enough time on this game. I I circled this game during our previews. I actually really like UCLA in this one. Um, you know, I think LSU. So to speak to UCLA's crowd, I just learned this today via Twitter. So people say tw Twitter is completely useless. Here's a good tidbit. So we were we were commenting on the New Mexico State uh, UTEP game earlier, right? So Las Cruces, New Mexico, which unless you're a geography whiz, you have no idea. It's only 20 miles further from El Paso, then UCLA's campus is from their, the Rose Bowl. So it's a hike. Like, it's it's 28 miles. I had no idea that the uh, Rose Bowl was that far away from the UCLA campus. I, I mean, I don't know LA very well, but that's crazy. Um, 
So, I mean, it's kind of like what Miami has where the campus is way down uh, in the south end of Miami City and they play way north and they have problems with crowds the same way. Um, I like UCLA. The, the one question I actually do have is from the game against Hawaii, kind of what Matt touched on a little bit too, is DTR did not look good. And they're not going to beat LSU with a bad effort from him. So hopefully they can get something right. Um, LSU just has a lot of tangibles against them in this game. You, know, you got the hurricane now. You got two brand new coordinators. Neither one has been a Division One coordinator um, playing against Chip Kelly, who I consider to be a very good coach. I know he's kind of slowly building UCLA back up, but uh, he'll have some things up his sleeve for these guys. I mean, he's probably shown them one thing this week on tape. We'll probably show them another during the game next week, and we'll see how they adjust. You know, they lost their number one quarterback, though. Max Johnson, the backup quarterback in LSU, played really well last year at times. So, you know, I just think there's a lot of things LSU's kind of, kind of I mentioned with Penn State sorting things out with coordinators. LSU's doing the same exact thing. Um, and now you've got trying to implement it in Houston to fly out to L.A. I, yeah, I think it's too much. I think this is a perfect spot for UCLA to kind of take a step. But we do need DTR to play better than he showed. He needs to be the second team all Pac-12 quarterback he was last year, not the guy who showed up against Hawaii last week. It's funny that Jason said that. I'm not going to make this a basketball show, but it's like Georgetown basketball. Georgetown basketball is not anywhere near like their, their campus. That's a distance to the place down in DC. Same with DePaul. And it goes with a lot of these college places. Like Jason just said there, it's a little bit of a track to go from the campus to the school. That was a disgrace. I mean, I agree with Q that there was nobody there nobody there in that game now again it was an early what was that a noon game and it was probably 100 degrees out there so i get that nobody wants to sit out there and i mean you can get a nice little tan on your legs but uh i mean it, it goes with that with the college i mean basketball i mean we can harp on this later in the season when we get into it some of these places it's a little distance and the college kids don't want to go there they don't want to travel i mean even if it's like 20 minutes nobody wants to go so I think the place will be packed. I think it's a, it's, it's a night game, correct? Yes. Okay. So night game. I think it's going to be packed. I think it's going to be there. Uh, Jason said it well. Hey, Thompson better, better pick it up. I, I mean, I, I called that game really well. The running backs tore it up. The running backs aren't going to tear it up against LSU. He better complete the ball a lot better, and he better do a lot more. Because I said he was going to tear it up. He surely didn't tear it up. And he was pissed. He was pissed that he got taken out of that game. And they, they, he, you could tell he wanted one more drive. And I'm like, yeah, because when you look at your numbers, you, I, was, I probably wouldn't be happy either because you weren't very good. Luckily, Hawaii couldn't tackle. Again, what's LSU going to do? I, 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 if I was going to play this, I'm just throwing it out. I told Q off air earlier on a phone call, 70 and a half over under down to 68 and a half over under. I'm taking the under. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be more of a UCLA is going to try to pound the ball. I think this can be, a, I mean, 68 and a half. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it this high. I, my advice to everybody, I'd look at the under. Yeah, the only thing I'd say about that is that, you know, LSU gave up 500 yards a game on defense last year. Like, this isn't a team from, I don't know, when, I mean, even the defense year the national championship wasn't one of their better ones. Like, you know, they, they have guys. They clearly just don't know where to line up or who to cover. Um, and I think Kelly can take advantage of that. But, 
you know, that's what I mean. We got to get that image out of our head. This is not the LSU team from 2019. Like, you know, they were really up and down last year and kind of back to their old LSU ways of being super talented, but dropping games they weren't supposed to. And this kind of me seeing an SEC team traveling out West, which you never see. It's going to be really interesting. Get the pom-poms out. Remember the games in the 80s with uh, – they did a great thing, and I'm going to throw it out here. Terry Donahue. Man, do you remember growing up watching Terry Donahue, Coach? I like Terry Donahue. Died – just died of cancer, RIP. The big pom-poms, the USC and the UCLA. I want that going out there, man. L.A. sucks. L.A. sucks. I'm going to say it out here right now. The crowd sucks. They don't fill in. Get it back, man. Fill that place for Saturday night, man. Get that place rocking because that's going to be a great game. That should be packed. And that that eight net new AD just was on TV the other day and begging people, come on, get it out here. I mean, if you, they don't sell that place out, man, I don't know what they need out there. All right. I, I else on that game. I mean, I covered it. I'm looking at schedule. I mean, I don't see anything major, you know, in terms of good games. Um, we didn't talk Michigan, Western Michigan. I just, I have to throw that out. Come on, <laughs> Come on now. Silence. Come on, you know I'll be in a jersey. Yeah, Q, oh, Q, I-, I can't believe, can I just say this, and we can cut it then. Q didn't bring up the Florida game at all. Wow. Uh, I mean, you look at the line, it's 24 and a half. Um you know, I'm already looking ahead to the Georgia game because you laugh at me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's 24 and a half. We have a new new quarterback, Emory Jones. I, I think he's going to be legit. Um, athletic. He's very athletic. He's, I mean, he can throw the ball 50 yards on a rope. Uh, I've seen it firsthand against Georgia, a couple throws, uh, as well as some other teams. Um, I don't, that's a big number for them. You know, for me, just it's his first year. You know, taking a range from Kyle Trask. Uh, if Kyle Trask was there, I'd take it and I'd put my mortgage on it because they would cover it. But he's not. So I really want to see what Emory does. So that's I, I'm just kind of laying low right now before I, I get a little ahead of myself. Because I know you're just waiting for that shot. You got the bulls no, out. Oh, not, not at all, Q. I enjoy, uh, man. You have a great passion for Florida. And we have a lot of fun with it. It's the same as Michigan, man. I have a oh, passion to Michigan football and Everything. I, that's why. That's why yeah. these Saturdays are so much fun. I mean, when they lay an egg, yeah, you, got, you know, the boys, you got to bust a little bit, man. Now, come on, now. Now, when you see me toe tapping at the pub, don't come near me because the gator. <laughs> <down. laughs> hey, there's been a couple times at the pub when Florida's not tacking well that I don't come near you. <laughs> hey, it's all in good fun. We will be at the pub many times. Shout yes, out, yes, we will, man. Great hospitality. If you're a local listener to the Northern Virginia area, please do yourself a favor. You'll most likely see me and Smitty there. Uh, we're usually there about 1130 till whenever we decide to leave. Stop by and say hi. Watch the games with us. Make some bets with us. And uh, who knows, we might even buy you a beer. If yeah, you're absolutely. In- Have fun, man. Have fun. And- it's great time. Uh, and J-Cam. Um, Wherever they hang out, I've never been to Pittsburgh. I was never invited by Jason or Matt. So uh, oh, we're going to take you out, man. Pittsburgh, really can't. Really can't I'll, I'll tell you right now, we're taking you to Pittsburgh, man, because Pittsburgh is my second 
well, I'm going to say my third home, I guess, because I'm not originally from their area, but with Dr. Brand and Garve and the boys up there, man, I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is fantastic. What a great city. All right. And Matt, and Matt, Matt, I've hung out with Matt. He's a fun time. I, <laughs> I'm just uh, waiting. That was a long time ago, but Matt's the fun time. So <laughs> we can just, still get out looking at Florida Atlantic. So that's why. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, they probably will cover that game because Willie Taggart's down there, and I'd rather have Smitty on <laughs> running plays than Willie Taggart. What a disaster he is. Oh, my Lord. That's all I got to say on that. All right. It's interesting, though. They got the Cozy Perry from Miami transferred in there. They got a bunch of transfers. They have a pretty good defense that returns. This is just not to scare you, but. Hey, uh, when they, is it kind of like, so somebody I know uh, very close to my life, they worked at Hooters and, you know, always the test is like to get hired. You just got to stand up against the wall and and see how far you stand off the wall. Uh, in Coasty Perry, when he went down there, was it to figure out the starting quarterback? Did he have to uh, to uh, pull his shorts down and, and stand and see how far he was off the wall? Because he's pretty well informed and showing that on social media. <laughs> Just had hurt. I I haven't caught any of that. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> that wasn't on Cinemax last night. I don't, I'm not sure. So. Uh, all right, boys. We are going to put out a show early Saturday morning. Um, hey, I want to give a quick shout out. We lost a guy at work, so just say a quick prayer. Uh, Jimmy Taylor, near and dear to my heart. We, I worked with him for six years on my shift. Uh, poor guy uh, was battling some uh, health issues. He was two months away from retirement, so uh, he's definitely his family as well as him. Uh, they're in my prayers. Um, so just give a little shout out to him. Uh, you know, may he rest in peace, watch over all of us. And, um, yeah, I'll be playing a softball tournament on Saturday, uh, to represent a couple fallen firefighters. So I'm excited about that. Obviously he'll be on my mind. Um, I'll be following college football all day. We will get a show out, uh, early Saturday morning. Um, and, and those plays are probably going to be the ones we're leaning towards betting. Uh, but again, all of our plays that we officially bet will be on Twitter, uh, so please follow us. If you don't have an account, just get an account and simply follow Notebook Wagering. If you follow Matt, Smitty Bucks, and Notebook Wagering, Cam, as well as Cumilli, because all of our plays are on there, and that's where you'll find them. That's all, all right, I got. Boys, I'm ready to roll. All right. I'm, I'm excited for the contest with Big Fat Winners. Oh, because, yeah. Again, uh, let's throw that out real quick yeah, again, because yeah. – those are our boys. And again, uh, it's going to be such a fun contest this year. We love those guys. Those guys are money. They, uh, I think Edge gave out UCLA. Uh, Skippy was on San Jose State. So money, money, money. And if you would have tailed us, and I said it today on Twitter, and I talked to Skippy a lot today, man, follow us. Free picks. Free picks. And yep. you're going to win a lot of money this year, man. Those guys are class acts, and we love those guys. It's going to be a fun contest this year, and we can't wait to go against those guys. So uh, this, this is a great time of year. This is fun. It's supposed to be fun. After last year's crap, let's get after it. Let's, let's just enjoy everything about this, and let's pick winners, and let's, 
Let's try to win some people some money. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to win money, but we're trying to win you guys some money too. Well, like I, like I said, I don't know. I forgot it. We are going to have a competition, so it's going to be a pick-em format. So you're going to pick the spreads. We're going to have two competitions. You can feel free to enter both. Uh, the winner will obviously have a prize. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll divulge that uh, once we decide exactly what it's going to be in the coming weeks. Uh, but it's going to be a month-long um, contest. One is going to be college football games, and the other is going to be NFL. Same structure. They're going to be. It's going to be a pick-em format. So we're going to provide a link. It's going to be an open invitation to all of our listeners. We encourage you to play. Uh, it is a free competition, uh, so no fees or anything like that. Um, you log on. You create an account. Whatever that week's slate is, you're going to pick five games for college. And if you decide to play NFL, you're going to pick five games for the NFL. Uh, again, it's spreads only. Uh, so no teasers, no parlays, no none of that. Uh, no over and unders. And at the end of the month, the top winner, in, excluding notebook wagering guys, because uh, we're going to be participating in it too, to give you guys a little competition. Um, at the end of the month, whoever wins those competitions for each month of the season, uh, we'll, we'll send you a prize. We'll get in contact with you. So um, we also have a promo code if you want to get in your pool, a survivor pool, a build your bankroll, which is kind of like a fake uh, sports book or another pick them with your friends or family or office workers uh, use code word notebook capital n o t e b o o k and we'll have another link for that you guys will get 10 percent off for using that uh, so please use it it makes it so much easier to have a pool instead of trying to do it email so um you guys got anything else before we end the show no sir i am all good all right from smitty Maddie, JK, and myself, we will see you guys bright and early Saturday to bang out more winners. We're 14 and three in week zero. Let's capitalize that and bang your bookies. We'll see you guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.